All right, welcome to Venue Church. I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm going to start my timer so I don't go all over the, the map with my time. I'm so glad you're here today. Come on, Venue Church, make some noise. I feel it like that's how Pastor Peter starts his sermons, so I just thought that I would start. Have you really, have you been enjoying Pastor Peter's sermons? I know that he had two really powerful sermons for you the last couple of weeks. They were so kind to do those. Thank you, uh, Substance Production, for doing that for us and giving our teams a bit of a break. We appreciate that. Hey, um, I might actually uh, be back in the area, but but I might not because we're supposed to come back late last night. And so this is like a worst case scenario if I can't be with you. But look, our teams are incredible. You probably haven't even noticed that I'm, I was gone. And in fact, if, if you just started coming to church the last couple of weeks, you, you might actually like it more when I'm gone. So, but whatever, when I come back, just be nice and be polite and help me out. Um, Hey, listen, um, I, I'm doing part three of the Blueprint uh, series. Now, this is the series so that if, if you're new to us, but this is like a refresher course that I, I'm going to start doing every year, I think. And today's sermon is going to be a refresher course for you so that, that we don't fall into the trap of starting to think. Here, here's some, what I was thinking of just now. I was thinking, I hope I don't fall into the trap of thinking that I do more for my church than it does for me. As soon as I get into the trap, and I'm the pastor, so I almost could feel like that sometimes, but the reality of it is I have to guard my heart because as soon as I start thinking that I'm doing more for my family than it does for me, my, my, my selfishness goes up and my, my self-centeredness and like everything gets all kind of weird, but it's like coming into the house of God and, and uh, I need to do refresher sermons sometimes so that you don't lose your why. When you lose your why and you forget where you came from, then all of a sudden God is like, hey, why don't you give me this resource? And hey, why don't you give me some time? And hey, why don't you teach Sunday school? And hey, why don't you get involved in your church? And you start feeling like the sacrifice is a lot when you lose your why. But as soon, if you don't lose your why and you don't forget why you're here, that's gonna be a powerful thing in your life. And I wanna do this for myself. I wanna do this for you right now. Um, just to refresh you and, and, and get you ready to go. Now, listen, Venue is what's called a church plant. And we're about three and a half years old right now. Most church plants end up as horrible disasters. So I'm not going to lie. Like church plants have a low success rate. I think the success rate, I, I couldn't find the right numbers, but I think that there, it's less than 20%, I want to say, after three or five years of church plants are actually still running. So I think it was like 13, something around that. So church plants themselves, what's a church plant? It's like a business startup. If, you, if you're not from the church world, it's like, uh, we weren't an Airdrie venue and then we were. Uh, and so that was about three and a half years ago and God has been really good to us. Um, I mean, take a look around. God has been really good to us. Um, but most church plants fail. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of our history uh, just as a church plant. You'll find it really interesting. And um, some of us will remember what it was like. But we, we came, we didn't come uh, from our, our current organization is a group called ARC. So the Association of Related Churches. And they are our people, man. They look like us. I got tattoos. Anyways, I have tattoos. But um, what, what I had to do in the early days is we, we came with another organization. It was a really good organization full of good people. One of them is still on my director's board right now um, from a church in, in Abbotsford, great friend of mine. Um, but we, we came from an organization that my dad's churches were in uh, for forever. And so we, we kind of came into church planting from this organization. Um, now, they didn't they didn't really know how to do church plants because nobody had done one in the, like the last decade. And so church planting changes from year to year to year. Even if we would have to start church over again, man, it, it's a difficult thing to do and everything shifts and changes. You got to stay flexible. You got to really kind of dig deep and figure out how to do it and get next to people who know. 
But when we first came here, uh, we started it. We didn't even know about the ark. I didn't even hear about the ark until the January that we planted. And then it took us a little time to start rubbing shoulders with ark people until we could get to a conference and start seeing like, oh my goodness, you know, there's something here for us. Um, now, when we planted, though, we were kind of fortunate, I think, um, you know, our creative team was like Jesse Fair, who's in on the capture, and I, you know, like, and I'm not creative, so that, that's not good. Um, but we, we, even in marketing and how to do a church plant, we tried to launch with kind of a big launch strategy, which, you know, for this city and for what we could do at the time was, was pretty big. We didn't really know how to do any of that, but, you know, God is still on the throne because we, we didn't land that far away from what Ark would have told us to do. Um, but, but we had to work it, like, believe me. But, um, but I think part of that was uh, just my history. I'm a pastor's kid, so I understand church people. I probably understand church people more than I would like to understand church people, but I do. Um, that's good. But I also grew up in industry, and so in industry, that's really where I learned the business um, aspects of how church actually runs. Because you think to yourself, well, church is a family. Yes, it's a family, but it also has a budget. And if the family budget runs under, then there's no food in the fridge, and then people leave the house. You know, so so if you fail for any reason, whether it's a business reason or a moral reason or a spiritual reason, it still fails, and the light still gets distinct, you know, extinguished in our city. And that's just you know, we we have to be careful about that. So I was fortunate in that I came from an industry that was very results-oriented, that understood things like money and building teams and how to run things and lead things. I was quite developed in my leadership compared to um, where most uh, pastors kind of come from the seminary and the schooling sort of aspects. I was right in the heart of the world, right in the heart of the world that we eventually created a church for. And so, um, so that's, you know, God, God graced us there. It was kind of a, a gift there. Um, but, um, but our old organization that we were with, and, and I, I love them still, and, and we have great relationships with them, but uh, we just found that we needed to make a shift into the ark. And um, we'd gone up to Edmonton, and they were, there was a kind of a shift of leadership, and then a little bit later, Canada split off in the old organization. And so, so I took a team of people to Edmonton. You're just getting all behind-the-scenes stuff. You're probably going to enjoy this. And so I took a few people from my director's team and I took Pastor Aaron and we went to Edmonton and we had no intention of like leaving. We were thinking like, well, you know, ARC is pretty good, but you know, our old organization is good too. Um, but we sat in a room and, and you know what, it just, it, it didn't feel right anymore for us. And, and, and also because I'm like super direct, I'm like, so, you know, what is this organization? What are you going to stand for? What are you going to do? Um, and they're like, it was almost one of these funny conversations. It was like, well, what do you want us to do? You know? <laughs> It was kind of funny. Like, what do you, what do you think that we should do? <laughs> and I'm like, um, and then I'm like, so who's in charge? Because I see like, there's, you know, there's like three all y'all or seven or I don't know. Like, who's in charge? Who's ultimately in charge? And then, and then they do this Canadian thing. I'm, I'm kind of poking fun at them. I feel a little bit bad, but it's like, well, does anybody really need to be in charge? And I'm like, yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Somebody needs to be in charge of this thing. Like, who do I follow? Like, what do we do? You know, like, but what we found was we just found like, uh, it just wasn't leading in the right direction. And for us as a church plant, we could not find conversations about church planting in that organization. And so, um, in fact, one of my deep, dear friends, we probably owe them our marriage, sent me a text a couple of weeks ago, even during this COVID crisis, because in the ARC, we had lots of support and, and really great ideas for how to do church and, and the online stuff, which we, you know, I think our production teams killed it and did a great job uh, for, you know, a relatively new church. Yeah, we did a great job. Come on, guys. Bunch of intro weird introverts back there on your computers. Um, <laughs> I love my production team so much. Hey, but, but I got a text from... 
all sidetracked. I got a text from uh, one of our pastor friends saying, you know, give me your top five reasons for, for, for leaving the old organization and joining ARC. And I just sent one back. I don't have to send texts like that anymore. That's it, you know, anyways. And then I sent five actual reasons back, but um, it's been really good for us. Our, our, you'll see that we, we have um, a church that we're associated with uh, in the ark called Substance Church. That's Pastor Peter Haas, who just preached the last two weeks for you. Um, now they were, they, were sub, they were ark church plant number 15, I think. Uh, and they always say like, back before the ark had standards. We got in, is what they say. And so um, I, I can't remember how old they are, 15 years, 17 years, something like that. And they were our church plant number 15. And so they've been around for, for a really long time. In fact, Pastor Nate, who, who introed Pastor Peter's sermons, is the executive pastor there. And he is one of our overseers on the director's board here. And so he keeps me in check. And, and our, our directors are set up in a way that, that if something uh, would go wrong here, or if I would do something stupid... Um, they could actually vote and kick me out, uh, but not because they don't like me. Like a lot of, you know, church structures are like sort of board run. It's like, yeah, if the pastor starts preaching about this, yeah, he's gone. He's out of here. So, um, every few, few years they get another pastor in because he starts annoying them. Um, no, the directors can't kick me out for, cause they don't like me. Um, but if there's like a moral failure or something with the money, they would come in and they, they would, they would make sure that the church doesn't die and that you're pastored and cared for. So I just wanted to let you know that, like I have people that I answer to and, and they have access to literally everything in my life and everything in the church books and, and everything else. And I never touch the church money. Like it's, it's all like, I just want to let you know, just because, you know, I figured we might as well handle it and be open about it. Um, now, now the ark, uh, a lot of our structure came from the ark. And, and so, um, they have in church planting world, like a, I think it's a 90 some percent success rate. And I was looking at this and I'm like, oh my goodness, because nobody could really tell me how to do it. And I'm like, we're just going to trial and error everything until we die or until it doesn't really work out. Cause I had these big dreams that God wanted us to do. And so my old organization was kind of more like, well, you know, you got to take it slow and you got to, and, and when I, as soon as I started talking to art guys, they're like, what is it that God wants you to do? Oh, we can do that. You know, just a, the spirit of faith and everything else. Um, it was just great, just great for me. But they also vet their pastors. And so they really put the pastors through like a grinder to see if you have it in you to plant a church. Because like you might be pastoral and you might know the Greek word of this or that, but that does not mean that you should plant a church. Come on, everybody. Like it's, it's not super fun, you know. But because Ark is full of spiritual fathers and spiritual brothers and, and spiritual fathers and brothers say no to their sons and daughters sometimes. Do you know what I mean? And so sometimes they're just like, it's a straightforward conversation. I had somebody say that to me when we were doing evening services, which I thought was a good idea, but the Ark would be like, no, it's not the best idea. But somebody finally said like, tell me why you do, why do you do evening services? I just got to ask you, you know, in my old organization, they never would have been that blunt, you know, cause everybody's being all nice and Canadian. And, uh, but you know, I'm just so glad for that kind of direct conversation. So now one of the things I love about ARC, the ARC is that God has given pastor Chris Hodges, who, who's, who's kind of ultimately, I think my pastor is he's given him the secret sauce and the language and the structure for how to build a church, how to build a family of God. If your family is built on pillars that are all wrong, then, then you could build any kind of a house and it'll be there for a while, but, but you'll never do what it is that God created your family to do. And it's so, so important for you. Um, Ark builds churches around the four human needs. Now they're, they're, they're churches built for God to meet so that God and, and 
Jesus, his son, and the Holy Spirit can meet the four human needs. And so many of our churches, you know, what I realized, like coming from church world as well, I realized like, yeah, we're, we're, we're meeting some needs, but are we meeting the main needs that we need to as a church? And it really kind of spurred me on there. And so I feel like we, we landed close to it, but we weren't quite there. And so, so God has given us a specific vision, which I've been preaching about in the blueprint as well. But there are four pillars or, or pilings or the, the foundations of Venue Church that everything we do has to do with, with these four pillars. Um, I remember being at a conference after we had just rebranded a bunch of things like our, our NXT, our next steps, like what's next for me at, at Venue. I'm going to be covering some, some of these things today, but you need to go through NXT and get your name signed up in the dream team and get involved in small groups and super important for your development. But um, I remember at a conference with Pastor Chris, we had just marketed a whole bunch of stuff and got our, all our brochures already. And we were already doing church for, for like a year or something. I can't remember at the time. We had already been doing church and our church was already set up around some things, you know. And I looked over at Pastor Aaron during this conference and I'm just like, because he's talking about these four things, Pastor Chris was, and I'm like, here's our big decision. Are we going to try to mix what we've already done and what we already sort of think, but we don't know, because we're right at the beginning stages of this thing. Are we going to try to mix it, or are we going to look at the, I don't even know how many churches Ark has planted now, like eight or 900 or a thousand or something like, and they're working. And I'm like, are, are, am I going to have the humility as a leader just to be like, yes. Or am I going to try to mix this with a bit of this with a bit of this? And I'm like, if you start mixing stuff around, you start losing its potency. And so even as I'm going through these now, I'm like, you know what? I need to get some of the language back to its original language here. And so I just decided right then. I'm like, we're going to come back. And we did, man. Poor Jesse. Like, he just had to redo all the marketing stuff and all like. And we were like, man, we didn't have a lot of money. And so we were crying, you know, throwing it all out in the garbage. Like, it says the wrong words. <laughs> but we did it. You know, we had, I think we had the integrity to, to follow. Um, and we were ruthless in that we really wanted Venue Church to be set up and structured properly. Now, let me go through the four human needs. Now, this is part of our NXT, but you're going to get the real part of NXT in our, in our video training that we do online. I think it's like a half an hour of videos, so it's not a lot. But we want every person to go through because we want you involved. We want you to, to be a game changer in the end in your own life and in your church and where you work and in your city, man. Like, God has plans for you, but you got to get on board. So here are the four human needs, your purpose in this life. Are you ready? Yeah. The first one is this, to know God. To know God. Not, not just to be known by God, but to actually know God as he is. Yeah. That's very, very important. The second thing is to find freedom. To find freedom. The third thing is to discover your purpose. Until you discover your purpose, you won't get out of bed with joy in the morning. Man, you need to know why you're here on this earth. And the fourth thing is you need to make a difference. Yeah. When, when, when you come to church and it's not the church, it's my church. And it's like my Sunday school kids teacher, man, something changes and you start making a difference in your life. Um, no God. So, so John uh, says, records, um, records this. And this is the, this is the way he says to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. So that is the first basic human need is to know God. You can have everything else, the boat and the car and a million bucks, and you will never 
be happy. You will never feel fulfilled. You will never be connected with God and people the way that you need to be. The only way that will matter one day because you need to know God. That's the most important thing in your life. That's the first step. You need to know God. Now, how does Venue Church practically do this? I've been talking about culture, which is like how we feel and how we think about things. This is actually where we do that and, and how it gets fleshed out. So this is the next, this is specific things that we do. You ready? We do the know God part. The first part at our weekend worship experiences here. This is why we can't come in and be like, oh, let's sing the songs that church people like. Uh, or let's sing the no songs that church people like. We, we can't just pick one group of unchurched people or church people. We got to go right in the middle and be like, this is for everybody. This is for young and old. This is for black and white. This is for rich and poor. This is for tall and short. This is for everybody. And so, so this is where we know God. This is, this is where you'll hear about God, where you'll sing songs of worship to God. It happens in our weekend worship experiences. To know God, to fathom God, to relate to God, to build your relationship, to feel God, to have God. Now, our mission is to reach people. And you need to know that as you get to know God, our mission is to reach more like you. And so if you don't get that in, in your heart, then the Sunday worship experience will start to annoy you a little bit because, because sooner or later you're going to start thinking like, well, isn't this about me? Well, no, it's not about you. It was about you before you got here. And so we always have to keep that lost child in mind. It's very, very important to God. Um, we're not okay when God's children are lost. So in our services, we're always kind of keeping an eye on that person and like, hey, we want to connect you with God. It's very, very important to us. Um, here are some things about how we get to know God and in our weekend worship experiences. We have a lot of fun. So if you came from a church that was full of grumpy and holy people, because back in the day, I'm telling you, man, some people think that when they're grumpy, they're holy and they're not. So we have fun, man. We, if we got to go to war for a soul, if we got to go to war to get you uh, out of your addiction or to fix your marriage, man, we're going to do it, but we're going to have fun. And you need to know that. That's why we have like music and hip hop playing. And, and I have somebody in my small group that's like, man, I come to this church because we, they played hip hop in the lobby. That's why I come to this church. And so, so it's just fun. We, we just need to have fun. We want you to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, I think that, that, that look, we'll catch you with the logic of the scriptures. It's undeniable. It works in your life, but we want you to feel it right here. That's where you make decisions. We want you to feel the power and presence of the Holy Spirit of God. If you got married, you didn't get married because it all made sense to your little brain. Cause you saw, if you had kids, it did not right. look guys, like I get it. Like you want to have kids. So you want the beginning part, but nobody knows what it's like when you actually have the kids. I'll tell you, you don't, you don't have children. You don't get married. You don't make big life decisions of knowing Christ because it all makes sense to your head. You can't even see tomorrow, but I'll tell you, we want you to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Everything can change. I'm choking on myself. I'm going to get a drink of water. You could probably cut that or not if it's funny. <laughs> All right. The next thing we want is for it to be very practical. Here's what to do next. So if you've never gone over and talked to our, our awesome couple in the NXT uh, corner, what's next for me at Venue Church? Go over and do it today. Like literally walk over there and do it today. Um, salvation is free, but everything else is going to cost you. You want connection. You want relationship. You want your finances to work out. You want, you want the blessings of God. Okay. You can't earn the love of God, but I'll tell you what, you have to invest for the blessings. And so we're going to show you how to do that. So like we want it to be practical. You know, the people who feel most disconnected in church, I'm a pastor's kid, so I'm allowed to say this. The people who feel most disconnected, like pastor, I don't feel connected in the church. They're the people who don't give any money and don't give any time. 
So, like, if I'm a dad and I'm like, hey, I love my kids, but I don't give any money or give any time to my kids, I'm going to feel disconnected, right? Like, that's just how the world works. You know, I can say I love my wife, but, man, if I never take her for dinner, all y'all, come on. We're going to start getting a little bit disconnected. It's important. Come on, ladies. Seriously. I just handed you a free date. Um, that's who we are. But here's what we need you to be if you're at Vanity Church, and this is the church that God wants you to be in. Here's what we need from you. Ready? We, we don't want you, just you to know God. We want you to help other people. You need to make it personal. You need to invite people. Yeah. Listen, if, if it's your church, look, if you have investments, you check those investments every day. And until it's your church, man, you don't care if it grows. You don't care if we're reaching your neighbor, if it's like the church and it's out there and it's not. Man, when you start investing in the church and you start putting your time and your resources here and you start loving and praying for people, man, you're checking if it's growing. You're checking if the seats are full. You're checking if your neighbor's here or not or if they miss small group. Like you care about people a lot more. So we want you to make it personal. We want you to build relationships because people matter. We want you to share your story. You know, your story is the most powerful thing that you can share. Nobody can deny God's work in your life if you're like, but this actually happened to me. Um, and that's powerful. We just want you to share your story. Not <laughs> just share your story, but not like, here's what's wrong with you. Um, let God do that. Let God do that part. But, but, or let me preach it because I normally preach about that. But just share your story with him and let God do the work. Yeah. The next thing we want you to do is dream big. That's very important in knowing God. God is a big God and God can do anything. We want you to dream big at Venue Church. All right, the second part is to find freedom. So the first part is to know God. The second part is to find freedom. Paul says to the Colossian church, put on your new nature. What do you mean? Well, you had an old nature coming in. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So how do we do that, Pastor Coy? How do we do that? We do the finding freedom part. Knowing God, we do primarily with our weekend worship experiences. Now, you'll get to know God more when you read your Bible and when you pray. But that part we cover at Venue Church here um, on, on the weekends. Now, finding freedom happens in venue groups. It, that's where it happens. You'll find some freedom in a church experience, but you really find it in venue groups. That's really what we do as a church. We do weekend worship and we do groups. Um, this is where the church gets bigger but it also gets smaller. It's very, very important that you are in a group, a venue group, where people know your name and you know theirs. Now, as the church grows, you know, you have to picture it like this. I have four kids and we're busy. So I have four kids and I forget some of their names, you know? <laughs> Come on, like anybody, if you only got one kid, you don't even know, so. But it, just imagine what it's like for a pastor to have like 80 kids or a hundred kids, and we got lots more than that. And so, so I, if I can't keep track of four kids and can't, and and it's a struggle to make sure that I, I'm connecting with all of them daily. You know, um, for a pastoral couple, if a church is set up in a way where we're giving all the care to people, we just can't. And you're not going to be cared for the way that God wants you to be cared for. It happens in group. Pastoral care happens in group. Now, if if something starts, you know, if you got something big going on in your life, we'll take it up a level and we'll take it up a level until we make sure that we can we can meet your need and we can do the best we can for you. But, um, but all we can do in a big church, if the pastors are the only pastors, is to put band-aids on, on everybody all the time. But we want you fixed and we want you healed. You need to be able to find freedom. That happens in groups. Now groups, yeah. Groups are the place where you can finally take off the mask. Like I know you gotta be a certain way at work and you gotta be a certain way here and you gotta, be, okay. But what if there was a group that you could come to where whatever happens in groups stays in group? And you could start taking the mask off and just being like, 
Like, here's what, what's really going on in my life right now. Like, here's what we're really struggling with with our, with our teenager. Here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what's working. What if there was a place you could take the mask off and really start celebrating life with people, but also start getting over the challenges with support? That happens in venue groups. And really, that only happens in venue groups. We have groups like Freedom Group. Freedom Group is, some place, uh, is a place that you go to so that you can, this is very, very important, you can't say hi to tomorrow until you settle yesterday. And you and I, we come in to church and we come into a new family or a new relationship. You just come in and you got baggage and we got baggage and we got things that we've done and things that have been done to us. Finding freedom as a group where you actually get to wipe the slate clean and be like, okay, we've actually addressed the past. We've given it to the Holy Spirit. We've asked for forgiveness for those things. We've handled it. The situations are handled. I don't have secrets anymore in my life. You have a, a really small group of people that love you and got your back. And I'm telling you, that will change your life. We have a, a group called, called Freedom Group. It's extremely powerful to settle yesterday so that you can start tomorrow in your destiny because that stuff all catches up with you and you'll never be free until it's dealt with. We have groups uh, called Financial Freedom um, where we go through Dave Ramsey's Financial um, Peace University, which is powerful, man. Like, I know that you would be more generous. I know that, you, I mean, what marriage isn't hard enough until you start piling financial pressure on because you just don't handle money the way that God wants you to handle money. And, and this is just a very practical way of dealing with debt. And it's powerful. My, my wife, Erin and I, we went through this and I wish we would have done it 10 years sooner. We just, we just didn't know. And, um, it changed everything for us. And I'm telling you what, like we don't make piles and piles of money. I mean, God, God is good to us, but look, we're really good with it. And we also get to be very generous with it because we just know what to do with it. It's not how much you make. It's what you do with it. And, and, and when you have God on your team and you're actually budgeting, and that's powerful. I'm not going to preach that out. You've got to go to financial uh, group to get that. All right. Um, Philippians 3. Uh, Paul says this. Dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. I forget the past and I look forward to what lies ahead. And that's what we want for you. We want you to find freedom from the past so that you can move into your destiny in God. Our small groups do three things for you. They connect you. You are on this earth to connect with God and to connect with people. That's really it, you know. Small groups connect you, small groups protect you, and small groups is the place where you grow. It's a place where you get pushed to grow, and people are like, yeah, I saw you uh, Sunday at church, but I saw you Saturday someplace else. You know what I mean? It's that place where it's like, so how's that issue going with your wife that you were talking about last week in group? You know, it's just a place, but it's also the place where you're like, so how's your son doing? I've been praying for him every day, you know, I'm really concerned about him. I, and, and the place where you celebrate things like, oh my goodness, can you believe what God did for my friend? You know, that's just, it's powerful. All right. The third thing is to discover your purpose. So we, wanna, we want you to know God. We want you to find freedom. We want you to discover your purpose. That is where NXT comes in, next steps. Because we, we tell you about us, but then we find out about you. And so we go through like personality tests and spiritual gifts tests. Are we still doing the spiritual gifts tests? We're not doing those, but we do the personality test. But then what we do is we start finding what it is that makes you tick. And that's really, really powerful so that we can get you in a place where God wants you. Because the fourth part is to make a difference. Your life needs to make a difference and you want it to. So until you discover, um, until you discover, uh, you can't discover your purpose and, and, uh, but you need to make a difference as well. And so I, I got a couple of things to share. I'm getting them all mixed up in my head right now. So make a difference. This is where you join a dream team, where you start coming to church and it's not about you anymore. You start coming for somebody else and it's powerful. Uh, someone in my group, I asked him like, what was it like when you first came to, to venue in, in my small group? 
And they're like, we came here. It was so different from the churches we've been in because everybody serving was like super happy to be serving. And so, you know, then we're like, well, I got to do this again this week. Man, if that's you, we don't even want you at the front door, man. Like, we'll put you on production where they all have bad attitudes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, they have great attitudes because I make them. No, man, you got like, when you're serving and doing what God wants you to do, you will have a great attitude. You know, uh, if we have people like serving in kids ministry who don't like kids, why on earth would we put them in kids ministry? You know, uh, awesome. Listen, your nine to five won't fill your soul. But when you start working in your church and you start working in the family of God and you start reaching people with Jesus love, it will fill your soul. And then everything else in your life will snap into place and it will start making sense. Um, here's a couple of things that I want you to consider that we want you to do. This is how we will help you develop your, your uh, uh, influence because you have to develop your leadership first. So if you can't lead yourself well... Uh, don't worry about leading other people because you can only reproduce who you are. So, but we will give you very practical steps to do four things, four exceptional qualities that leaders embrace at Venue. This is what a leader looks like at Venue Church. And we want you to start leading. We want you to start stepping out. Now, leader, listen, what qualifies a leader is not abilities, but qualities. When you understand that, look, God is the God of abilities. God can make you give you an ability that you didn't have before, but what actually sets you apart, what qualifies a leader at Venue Church is not abilities, it's qualities. And here are four exceptional qualities that leaders embrace at Venue Church. The first thing is we love God. Super complicated. No, we love God. Everything we do is based out of love for God. We function from relationships. Listen, if you come and you're on the, you know, you're on the Instagram team or whatever, and you're taking photographs, like that's great. That's what you do. But people can feel the love of Jesus, the, the, the love for Jesus that you have in reaching people when they look at that on Instagram. They're like, this person loves their church. Maybe I should be a part of something that I love as much as they love their church. And they love their church because Jesus must be able to do something there, you know. And just that hope and that it's an overflow of your love for Christ. We love God. The second thing we do is we love people. Now, if you're task-oriented like I am, like I love people too, but sometimes I come in and I'm like, the chairs are crooked, oh my goodness, and then I lose my mind. Yeah, we have to task-oriented people, we have to, we'll put you on production, but you're still going to have to learn, you're still going to have to learn how to love people, and loving people is so important. Um, uh, we want you to be a servant, and look, you come in as a consumer, but we want you to become a producer, because you're never going to be happy until you're producing life for somebody else and helping them find their purpose. Mark says this, uh, Jesus says of himself, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so right there is the heart of Venue Church. Like, hey, I'm not coming to church. I'm not coming as your pastor for you to serve me. I, and I have people that serve me and, and hand me a mic at the right time and make sure my water bottle and, and love me and pray for me and bless me. But I'm not coming because people serve me. I'm coming here to serve. And I serve them and they serve me and I serve you. You know, that's really what we want. We want you to find a need and fill it. And we want you to be a team player. This is not, you know... This is not, nobody gets flown in on a chopper to preach here, you know, or to sing in the worship team, man. They're taking stuff down, they're serving. That's very important to us. Third thing is we pursue excellence. Mark 7, 37 says, people were overwhelmed with amazement about Jesus. He has done everything well, they said. Do you know that our attention to detail can tell you how much we care about you? I mean, we sweat the little stuff. I don't, I mean, we're still kind of new as a church, so like, we're working on stuff. Not everything is right, but... We care about you so much. We really do sweat the details. We work on it every week to, to make it a little bit better if we can. And what we want, whatever you do, we want you to do it well. 
Um, we want you to, to, here's what we need from you. We want you to do things before you even get asked to do things. I mean, everybody's got a kid who you got to ask 57 times to do things, man. We need to be the kid who's like, hey, mom, I already cleaned up the dishwasher because you know what? I love you. You know, <laughs> and we want that it to be that way. Like, don't, don't wait for somebody to ask you to do something you know needs to be done. Like, just jump in and do more than what's expected. That's important. That, that's something that we embrace here at Venue Church. And the fourth thing that we embrace is we have great attitudes. We choose joy even when we don't feel like it. Look, however broken you are, you're going to heaven. If you're a son or daughter of God, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and been forgiven of your sins, you're going to heaven. That's awesome. But the people coming in, some of them are not yet. And some of them are, are broken and wounded and weary. We can't come in dragging our week with us. We have to come in, leave it at the door and be like, okay, God. And then God sets you free and then God sets them free. And that's super important to us. Hey, listen. One person I love is, I love the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is like, God's like, okay, you're in jail now, buddy, but I need you to go over here and start a church. And he'd be like, I just need, I'm just making this up. He's like, I just need another week to get this jailer saved. I just need another week. Like, leave me in here. Every time he whips me, I forgive him. And I'm telling you what, he's close. You know, he, he had this like indomitable spirit about him. You just couldn't put him down. He, he served God with joy and he had a lot of pain and suffering, but he chose joy. We want you to choose joy. We want you to be a, a team of tiggers. And uh, man, listen, the washroom that I use is also shared by some of the Sunday school kids. And so when I go in there, you know what I don't want to do is just leave it a mess for the kids. You know, like, no, I, I treat them like I treat my own kids. I, I want to choose joy. Like if I got to pick up toilet paper off the floor or clean up, you know what? Like that's what tiggers do best, man. We, we clean up the toilet if we got to, you know, like we do whatever we have to do because that's what tiggers do best. You know, we don't want a team of Eeyores who always, you know, anyways, I don't need to say any more than that. Um, I'll say, I say a little more about that in NXT. I want to go just quickly into how your design reveals your destiny, how God made you reveals what God made you for. Now, sometimes when you come into a room, now look, when you come to venue church, and this is a refresher course, stop evaluating. Here, here's what you're allowed to evaluate. Whatever team you're on and whatever job you've got, evaluate the heck out of it and get it, get it right. But this is why we sit one and we serve one because it's very important to like, okay, I have my evaluation brain on because I'm running lights and I, they need to be right so that somebody else can have a great worship experience, right? But then in the next service that I sit, then I'm like worshiping. And when I come and I worship here, I'm not evaluating. I'm, I'm, I'm right there and I'm worshiping my face off. I'm a raving fan of Jesus Christ. We'll fix sound issues next week. I mean, sometimes I got to deal with stuff, but I'm just like, I'm here. I'm engaged. Look, I'm a sheep. God is my shepherd. I should not be evaluating much. You know, I should just be involved, you know, and that's, that's really what we want for you. But when you enter a room, what you see is likely what God designed you to fix and what you, what you notice or what God has probably made you for. And so, you know, when I I come into a room, I don't see the person sitting over in the dark here crying. Like, I don't even see him. No, you're a terrible pastor. Yeah, fair enough. My wife will see that person. Some of you will see that person because your heart, you know, your heart people, it's not like I don't have a heart, but you know what I notice? I notice the atmosphere. And so the other, the other day I poked my head out of my little green room and I'm like, what, who's playing that song out there? What is that song? Where did that even come from? You know, like, cause the atmosphere, I, 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 I want it when the atmosphere is right and you come in here and you get in the right the Holy Spirit can do anything. And that's my job. Like get the atmosphere. Like I want you to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I want to create a throne where the Holy Spirit can come and do anything that he needs to in, in your life. You know, that's my gift. That's what I notice. Some of you notice like the cables are a mess. Well, jump on a team and let's fix some cables. Hallelujah. Hey, 87% of people in a survey by Fuller Theological Seminary, 87% of people never find out what they're designed for. 
87% of people never know why they're here. They don't know what God designed them for, and they don't know what their destiny is. And we don't want that for you. So we're going to help you get in, engaged and get involved. And we'll just keep tweaking until we find the spot that works for you. Yeah. You know, The fourth thing we want you to do is we want you to make a difference. And, and that is by joining the dream team. That's where the magic happens, where it's not the church, it's my church. Now, science says that your body releases chemicals when you serve somebody else that makes you happy. You're like, I'm not happy, pastor. I know. I can see your face. The reason you're not happy is because you're not serving people enough. And, and that's what just your body does for you. Imagine what God can do on top of what your body, the chemicals that it will release if you start serving people. Some of us, we, listen, I'm just going to be honest. Some of us struggle with depression too much because we're thinking about how depressed we are all the time. Well, look, if you would come and serve, I think God could do something in your life. I think God can help and fix you. What we don't want for you is, is for you to be the venue, the venue appendix. So that you've been coming to church for like a year and, and everybody's looking at you and like, you know, that's, you know, that's Paul or that's, uh, what do they do around here? You know, like nobody really knows what the appendix does in your body. Maybe it does something, but the last I heard it, nobody knows what it does. And I don't want that to be you. Like, what does that person do? I don't know that they do anything. I think they just kind of come randomly. You know, we don't want that to be you. We want you, we want you to know why you're here. We want, we want to know why you're here also. Um, don't be that person that gets a useless job when your wife is having a baby of watching the heart rate monitor that the nurses don't even care about. They just want you out of the way. Okay, that was me. Um, listen, you won't care if we grow unless it becomes your church and you're investing in it. Then you'll care. And that's very, very important for you. Um, the fun starts when you're not coming for you anymore. Listen, I'm a huge English soccer fan. Liverpool won the league this year. Woo! After 30 years. 30, hallelujah. We've got Liverpool fans in the house. But... You know, in the church is not a spectator sport. There's 60,000 people, 80,000 people, 100,000 people watching a game where 22 people are running around kicking each other. We want you all running around kicking each other. Come on, Van New Church. No, we want you involved. This is a spectator. This is not a spectator sport. Get involved in the game. And we will give you the coaching that you need. So today, this is what I want for you. I'm just going to pray a blessing over you. But then I want you today to take some time and go through the NXT videos. If you haven't, if you need a refresher course, go through. Go to the back of the room and talk to somebody and get involved. Let this become your church and let God do the way he cannot. There are so many promises that can only come true when you go to and get involved in your local church. Uh, uh, that's how the promises come true in your life. And that's what we want for you. And so take that. Look, if you're online church right now, then do them all online. You can do the NXT videos. If you have any questions, uh, info at venuechurch.ca, just send us an email and we will sort you out. All right. I want to see new people on teams next week when I get, when I get back in the saddle. And I say, I want to see new people on teams, servant, man, I, I want you involved in church. Let me pray a blessing over you. Lord, I pray for every person here. I pray, Father, for power and, and wisdom and might from the Holy Spirit of the living God. As we sing another worship song, Lord, I pray that we would just lift the roof off of this place in the glory of God. When we finally have found out, hey, we could actually find out what we're made for and find our purpose in this life. But that all starts with praise and worship of the God who designed us in the first place. And Father, we love you and, and we love your people and we love connecting people with God and with each other, Lord. We just pray a blessing on everybody this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah.